Welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School with Michael Benner. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. I'm your host, Michael Benner. Happy to be with you again for what amounts to something like our 425th episode. I'm not exactly sure. Somewhere in there. We've been streaming since 2008. So that's a good 12 years. And uh love doing a program about personal and spiritual development. Today we're going to talk about constructive worry, because most worry is destructive. It has little value. In fact, it's often an activity that makes our lives worse. But there is proper and appropriate way to worry. So we call that constructive worry, and we're going to talk about that today. First, I want to address a question that uh, I get quite often in my email. By the way, I'd love to hear from you. best way to email me is my initials, M-B, or Michael Benner, just M-B, at theagelesswisdom.com. Remember the T-H-E. MB at theagelesswisdom.com. I read all my email personally and uh, promise to respond. So here's the question I'm referring to. People often ask, this personal development training and counseling that you do over the telephone or FaceTime or WhatsApp or Zoom, this private one-on-one work, how is it different from life coaching or psychotherapy? And you know, it's really a great question, so let me address it quickly. It really falls in the middle. You see, life coaching, while it has some value, its best quality is that it's affordable. And a life coach is usually somebody that picked up a certification on a weekend training. So they may have uh, 15 hours, maybe 30 hours invested in how to be a life coach. And a lot of that is really how to run the business, how to market yourself and such. So as you might expect, there are some really good life coaches and some really not so good life coaches And you really have to trust your intuition. Am I getting value from working with a life coach? Now, psychotherapy, on the other hand, is usually a licensed psychologist or a marriage family child therapist. These people have at least a four-year degree, a bachelor's degree, often a master's degree on top of that. So that's six years of training plus thousands of hours of certification where they work as an intern with a more experienced psychotherapist. And this can be very expensive and very long-term. It's often comprehensive, examines your entire life, goes back into your childhood, uh, explores your relationship to your parents and the way you were parented, Uh, dysfunctions, any one of a variety of mental health issues and disorders. So personal development, sometimes called in business, 
professional development work falls in the middle. And these are sessions that, the way I run them anyway, are 60 to 90 minutes. You can do one, you can do a dozen. Really depends on you. Most personal development training focuses on anxiety disorders and self-awareness. It's about waking you up and teaching you to manage stress, fear, worry, doubt, apprehension, and general anxiety disorders like OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, attention deficit disorder or ADHD, uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. That technically is not listed as an anxiety disorder, but often that's what it masks. That's how it represents itself. Other fears and phobias, for example, anxiety is at the root of a lot of heartache. In fact, arguably, there is anxiety at the root of every issue that you possibly could have that hurts or frustrates or irritates or upsets you. So that's the difference. Personal development is more affordable and it falls in the middle between simple life coaching and more complex psychotherapy. My sessions are initially, the first one is free. There's no obligation to go any further, but uh, if you want to try it out, you'll find it on the website for this podcast, for example, which is simply theagelesswisdom.com or the main Michael Benner splash page, which is michaelbenner.com. In either case, look for the big red circle with fireworks going off. Clicking on that will give you access to my online calendar. And from what's available, you can select and schedule quickly a time that works for you. Then you'll get an email to confirm it, a reminder the day before the session, and uh, you give me a call and we'll talk about it. Ask me what I think I can do for you, and I'll ask you a few questions about your goals and what kind of benefit or outcome you're looking for. Okay. So personal development strategies. That's what I do. And I've done it for 35 years, and I love people. I love doing the work. So let's talk about constructive worry, and uh, I guess the place to begin is to describe why most worry is destructive. Worry is destructive because one of the primary principles of the mind is that we go where we look, we get what we expect, we reap what we sow. Positive thinkers create evidence that it matters because they tend to generate better outcomes. Ironically, the negative thinker has evidence that they should continue to think in negative ways because given this principle of you go where you look and get what you expect, they're manifesting negative outcomes. If you tell yourself, oh, I forget, I can never remember, I've got such a bad memory, 
I'd forget in my head if it wasn't screwed on. The unconscious mind says, okay, we can do that. We can forget. Well, you know, if that's what you want. And I can prove it to you right now. See how this works for you if I say, no matter what, do not think of a purple elephant. And of course, immediately your mind shows you an image of a purple elephant. So when you say to yourself, oh, I forget, you know, or I can never do this, this kind of math, it's just different. Oh, I don't read very well. It's hard for me to concentrate. These kinds of things, you know, my relationships never work out. You're programming yourself to create those outcomes. So rumination, in terms of the typical destructive worry, tends to manifest the very thing you worry about. And that's why it's destructive. It actually is counterproductive. Worry tends to make things worse. It creates the illusion that you're getting something done. It's sort of like a rocking chair. You can burn a lot of calories in a rocking chair, and somebody says, well, what'd you do about it? You say, well, I thought about it all day. I sat and I rocked and I worried and reviewed it all in my mind over and over. But, you know, when you're done, you stand up, step away from the rocking chair. You're right where you were. You didn't, you, <laughs> you didn't move at all. And so, again, worry tends to suggest that you're doing something, but in fact, you're digging the trench, you're spinning your wheels, you're not only are you not going anyplace, but you're doubling down on your problem, and in most cases, making it worse. Constructive worry, however, is an elegant approach to problem solving. And that's what I want to mention today with a simple technique that I call worry once. Now, what is worry once? The way it works is when you find yourself worrying, ruminating, apprehensive about a problem, not sure what to do because you may not even know what you want. Often we ask the wrong question. A better question when you have a problem than what should I do about it is do I know what I want? Because if you're not clear on a goal or objective, then how can you determine a path to that end? It's like that uh, George Harrison song, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Uh, Stephen Covey, one of his seven habits, begin with the end in mind. That's a beautiful turn of phrase. Think about it. Begin with the end in mind. So whenever you catch yourself worrying with the idea in your head, I have to figure out what I should do. Do about what? Substitute the question, do I know what I want? And if the answer is yes, then you figure out a path to get to that particular outcome. But if it comes up, no, you know, I uh, I may have a vague idea, but truth is I really don't know what I want. So how could I possibly know what to do about it or how to get there? 
how to, how to make it happen. It's like rubbing the Aladdin's lamp and the genie pops out and says, yeah, you got one wish and 30 seconds to tell me what it is. <laughs> you go, well, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, more wishes, I guess, is what everybody says. You have to know what you want. You have to begin with the end in mind. That's something you need to keep in mind when you decide to replace typical destructive worry with a more constructive approach to resolving what it is that you're worried about. So in this process I call worry once, I suggest you just brainstorm, which is largely an intuitive process, not a logical process. And let me be clear, I don't mean that intuition is illogical. It's just non-logical. There's no figuring out if this is true and that's true, then this is true unless this happens. I mean, forget all of that. And just sit back, take a deep breath. As you exhale, create and sense a letting go feeling in your body. Ah, right? Relax deeply and daydream. And try to be positive and playful about, I got this problem, this situation that I would like to resolve or at least improve upon to refine. I have a specific goal I'd like to attain. How should I go about doing that? And ponder it for a few minutes. Just turn it over in your head, right? If you're good at visualizing, you can create a picture of it and imagine yourself walking all around it, looking at it from every angle, and then float up above it and look down on it. Get the big picture from an elevated perspective. What does this look like? And what are some ways that I could resolve this or turn it into a more positive image? And that's just the preliminary. As you come to a point where you feel you've pretty much done that, you've gotten a handle on it, you've defined the scope of your dilemma, then go to the worst case scenario. That's the secret. What's the absolute worst thing that could happen? Oh, that would be horrible. Oh, it's... Uh, Unimaginable. No, you can't imagine it. Go all the way out to the absolute worst case scenario. The, the most horrific outcome that you can imagine. And ask yourself, what would I do? How would I handle that? And as difficult as it may be, consider that Many other people have gone through that very situation in handling their problems, right? And they survived somehow, and so would you. But face it. You see, the thing about fear, and this is really the central theme of my book, Fearless Intelligence, 
Fear is not about danger, it's about what you don't know and understand. So to eradicate fear, stress, anxiety, apprehension, worry, all of this, you must understand the antidote is knowledge and understanding. It's insight that we need as an antidote to the confusion and lack of awareness and information that fuels anxiety, stress, worry, and fear. We have to face it. You have to look at the worst-case scenario. And then, step three, you say to yourself, now, that's not very likely to happen. This is what I would do if it did. And that would be horrific. But I'd survive. I'd get through it. Pray it doesn't happen. Hope it doesn't happen. Do everything you can to avoid it happening. But if I can handle that, then I can handle anything short of that. Any other variation or permutation or combination, anything less than the worst would be a lot easier for me to handle. And why should I sit here and break down every possible way my life could fall apart? Especially given that if I dwell on it, I'm in a tune to attract it. I can worry briefly about anything. I can consider any negative thought without it manifesting like magic. But if you dwell on something, if you become a negative thinker, a, a pessimist, you know, Debbie Downer kind of a character, you're going to generate evidence that bad things do happen to you. You will magnetize it and attract it. The subconscious will follow those orders. So in summation, the technique works because once you're willing to face the absolute worst outcome and consider that as disastrous as it may be, you'd manage to muddle through and you just can't afford the luxury of ruminating about every variation on that worst-case scenario. You've already looked at the worst, figured out what you'd do, so now you've unburdened yourself from the need to consider every other way that things could go south on you. Okay, does that make sense? And when it comes up again in your mind, and a little voice in your head said, we better worry about this some more, we better... Explore, I just thought of seven other ways, 10 other ways, 20 other ways that this could all fall apart. We better examine all of those. No, just no. I, I, I'm not going to be a negative thinker. I'm not going to allow those dirty thoughts to muddy up my nice, clean mind with all these horrible possibilities. Why should I concentrate on all of that? I've already considered the worst. I can get through that. Anything short of that, I'll be able to handle. And then the final step, you use mirror the mind to program the positive outcome that you intend to move toward. 
You create the bullseye, the target, the objective, the goal, the desired outcome in as much detail as clearly and specifically as possible. And in your mind's eye, as if having taken a trip forward in time, you imagine yourself in the solution as if you've already got it. And you give no thought as to what it took to get here. This is like dangling the carrot in front of the mule to get it to move. This is the little reward or benefit that you offer to the unconscious mind. The unconscious doesn't know time. And if you imagine something as having already happened, the mind thinks it's already happened. If I have you close your eyes right now and visualize a bright yellow lemon floating against a black background, and then suggest that you imagine slicing it in half, bringing it to your nose and inhaling the citrusy, tangy fragrance of that lemon, and then take a big bite out of that lemon and taste the sour juices in your mouth and spilling over your lips and running down your chin. You're already, even now, puckering and salivating as if you were actually eating a lemon. We just tricked your brain, your subconscious mind, your unconscious technically, into believing you were eating a lemon. So you began to pucker and salivate, but it was all in your imagination. Subconscious doesn't care if it's real or not. And it doesn't know time. So as Walt Disney used to love to say around the lot, and I have some friends that worked for Disney film in the early days, if you can dream it, you can do it. It's a great metaphysical principle. It's central to mysticism. If you can dream it, you can do it. And, of course, on the other hand, if you can't imagine your happiness, your positive outcomes, the goals and objectives and solutions that you aspire to, then how are you going to create them? I can't imagine that happening to me. Okay. The unconscious says, okay. You can't imagine it? We'll make sure you don't get it. Instead, we'll magnetize what it is you can't imagine, all that negativity and doubt and worry. You go where you look, you get what you expect, you reap what you sow. This is karma. This is, in Christianity, you reap what you sow. It's target fixation, you go where you look. It's the cybernetic nature of the mind. Garbage in, garbage out. Just like you would program a computer, right? You could program a computer to make an error anytime you perform this function. And of course, we'd never do that with a computer, program some disastrous outcome. But we think there's something careful about worry. If we worry, if we think negatively, 
if we counsel our fears and stresses and apprehension, that's called being careful. Well, that, as I'm insisting in this program, absolutely not true. Again, to a moderate degree, you consider the consequences of your behavior, but you don't dwell on it to the point that you tend to manifest it. It's all a matter of degree. Generally, you want to be a positive person and put your attention on desired goals. So the mirror of the mind technique is positive thinking with visualization. Imagine with your eyes closed, standing in front of a mirror and seeing reflected in that mirror an image of you already having the result that you seek. And watch yourself enjoying that and feel the feeling of, wow, it really happened for me. It really came true. I managed to find the resources to bring that about. I got the help I needed. I found the right people. I Googled guidance and found the instructions and information I needed. I managed to gather up the financial resources. I found a clever solution while I was dreaming positive dreams and thoughts and aspirations. You see? So, there is such a thing as constructive worry. It's the best way to approach it. It involves pondering the situation, get an overview of the whole big picture, then take it to the worst-case scenario, this is worry once, consider how you would handle the disaster if the worst happened, and then tell yourself, all right, as bad as that may be, this is what I would do, this is how I would handle it, so I don't have to waste time or risk considering every other possible form of disaster that could accrue. I don't have to worry about every variation and every opportunity for this project to go south or for some other disaster to happen to me. I've already looked at the worst case. So now, anytime I'm tempted to do that, I can go to that imaginary mirror in my mind and see my goal, my objective, my solution, my dream, my desired outcome, as if I've already got it. Considering how I did this to be a distraction, don't even go there. Just practice for three minutes or five minutes, immersing yourself in the wonderful feeling of, wow, this is just great. I did it. I got it. And this is going to make me so happy and allow me to be of such help as a result. All right. Constructive worry. That's our program for the day today. Again, visit us at michaelbenner.com. The podcast stream is on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Podbean, podcast.com. It's everywhere. 
And of course, it streams on our website, theagelesswisdom.com. Schedule that free one-on-one session with me and let me help you out with your projects and your problems. And thanks a lot for being with us. Tell your friends about it. Drop a review on that Apple podcast stream or wherever you pick up your podcast. We appreciate that very much. And as always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner from Palm Springs, California. Namaste and aloha.